You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, a podcast geared towards marketing professionals in higher education. This show will tackle all sorts of questions related to student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and so much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where the industry is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast, where weekly we interview higher ed marketers that we like and admire. And that holds true today because I get to interview my colleague and co-host, Bart Kaler, and his leadership team. A couple of weeks ago, if you listened to the episode, we interviewed our team at Think Patented, and we went over the execution side of a opti-channel marketing campaign. This week, we're going to talk about the messaging and also the creative and what goes in on the front end on one of those campaigns. Bart? Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to the team. We've got uh, Jenny Roberts, who's our creative director, Matt Bloom, who's our uh, content director and, and strategist, and then Jesse Robbins, who's our project manager and who kind of maintains a lot of this. And we're talking about the same search campaign, uh, you know, a purchase name list that we talked about with the Think Patented team. And again, uh, in 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 full transparency, it's early in the process, so we're not mentioning any names. Uh, this isn't necessarily a case study. It's kind of a best practices conversation. And so we really wanted to just take some time to kind of talk through how we approach a project like this um, from a creative standpoint and from a messaging standpoint and uh, and what it takes. And at the end, you'll kind of get five takeaways that I think that you can use in any of your marketing uh, tactics and things that you're doing at your school. But I guess without any further ado, I'm, I'm ready to kind of get bring our team in. Very good. Here's the Kaler Solutions leadership team. It is my pleasure to welcome into the podcast recording studio, the leadership of the Kaler Solutions team, Jesse, Jenny, and Matt. Hello, all of you. Hey, Tori. Hello. <laughs> we are going to learn a little bit more about the Kaler side of the projects that ThinkPatent did and Kaler work on. A couple of weeks ago, if you've listened to the podcast, we talked about delivering of the message and the execution of the message. Today, we get to learn about the creation and the thought that goes behind it and what happens up until the execution side. So before we begin, we'd love to meet each and every one of you. Starting off with Jesse, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, your role, and where you're located in this world. Thanks, Troy. Yes, I'm Jesse Robbins. I have been working with Kaler for the past few years, I think, as a project manager. So that just means that I am the main point of contact between our clients and our internal team. And I have the pleasure of working on schedules and timelines and budgets, things like that, just to make sure we stay on track on our side and to make sure the client is satisfied at the end. I've loved getting to work with Kayla the past few years, and I'm actually, I'm based in Indianapolis, but soon to be Greenville, South Carolina. Lucky you. And (laughs) Jesse is the one I get to work with the most as we go through the project. So it's great to have a conversation formally about the projects we do. Jenny, you're next. All right. Thanks, Tori. I am Jenny Roberts, and I am the creative director at Kayla Solutions. And I always say in an effort not to date myself, I won't say how long Bart and I have worked together, but I will say that I have worked with Bart since the inception of Kaler Solutions. And I've had a great pleasure in growing in that role and watching Kaler grow over the years. And 
I just really enjoy working with this team and the clients that we work with. I started out as a graphic designer and really focused on the visual aspect of marketing and communications, but over the years really just fell in love with brand storytelling and that allowed me to grow into this position. So I'm thankful for it and happy to be here today. Thank you, Jenny. And yes, we all know that Bart has a big fan club. (laughs) Where are you located, by the way? I am actually in Hilton Head, South Carolina, but Bart and I worked together for many years back in Indianapolis. So we always kind of go back to our Midwest roots here at Kaler Solutions. Yep. Thank you, Jenny. And last but not least, Matt. Yeah, thanks, Troy. I am uh, Matt Bloom. I'm a content writer and strategist for Kaler Solutions. And uh, I am uh, coming to you from Fort Worth, Texas, although I've only been living here for the last couple of years. I'm from Indiana, central Indiana. And uh, in fact, uh, a few years back, I was working for Indiana Public Radio in Muncie, Indiana. And uh, so being on this podcast today reminds me of my my public media roots. (laughs) (laughs) That is great. And, you know, I just thought that, you know, we meet via Zoom and it just doesn't dawn on me that this team is across the country, which I think is wonderful. And I think it's to Bart's credit that he taps into relationships, keeps them and can do that across the country and deliver a great product. So I think it's time for me to back out of this conversation a little bit and turn it over to Bart. And Bart, if you can lead us through a discussion and help people understand the messaging and the creative side of the projects that we do together or that you do with other clients. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Troy, and thanks, team, for being a part of this. Uh, you know, it's it's such a great thing to kind of have this conversation together and to be together. We do a lot of things like this. Zoom is kind of our friend, and and I tell a lot of people we've been using Zoom before it was cool. You know, for the last five years, just because that's the way Kaler Solutions works. We're a virtual agency, and so we've got uh, team members all around the country and nearly all around the world too. We've got several international team members. So it's a pleasure to kind of all be together to kind of have this conversation about some of the projects. And we're kind of talking specifically about one project that we've been working on that we've been pretty proud of that kind of represents a lot of other things. And I think a lot of times when uh, higher ed marketers and, and the subject of this podcast is higher ed marketing and and all of us within the in the uh, industry of marketing understand that it's pretty pretty diverse. There's a lot of things that you can do with marketing and a lot of ways that it can be branded and messaged and executed. And I think sometimes the challenge is, is recognizing just how in depth sometimes it can be. And and I think the search campaign that we're doing right now for a, a medium sized uh, school that that uh, we've you know in all transparency been trans been working with uh, think patented and troy on that um and again we we thought it would be fun for an episode or two just to kind of pull back the curtain and kind of talk about our own processes and maybe our audience can learn from that but i think it'd be worth just kind of starting a conversation a little bit about when we start these campaigns and we start these these projects it's not just a matter of a couple postcards and a couple email templates i mean it's it's a lot more and i think troy you did a great job a couple of weeks ago talking to dan and sean from think patented about you know, really leaning into omni-channel marketing and all the different ways that we can do that. And so I guess I'll open it up first with uh, with Jenny. I think that, you know, you and I have worked on several projects across the years and, and we've done a lot of different things. I, I think this might be one of the larger projects that we've kind of uh, accomplished together. Maybe talk a little bit about how you approach a project like this that is so multifaceted and, and maybe even just kind of Back up and and just for a second, tell us about how multifaceted it was. 
Oh, gosh. Well, this project, I mean, I think one thing that I can say about it in, in that if you do look at it, it, it kind of where we ended up and just the amount of materials that were create, created and the amount of people that came together to bring this to fruition, it could be a little bit overwhelming. But I think one thing that we have discovered over the years with Kaler Solutions is to get started and to really get to know our clients is really the fundamental and foundational aspect of how we do what we do. And so even though this was a bigger project, we really started it and approached it in the same way. And that always starts with getting to know our client with the discovery meeting. And in this instance, those discovery meetings kind of grew and grew because what we want to ensure that we're doing is not reinventing the wheel for anyone. We want to really highlight brand strengths and come along with our clients for the ride and really invite them to kind of celebrate their victories. And then we hone in on those victories, no matter, you know, small project or big project to um, meet those communication goals. So in this instance, we started that exact same way and kind of reiterated back to the client what we heard was successful with their messaging and marketing and put together a strategic campaign proposal that then drilled that down into some audience segments based upon their prospective students. So I would say that was kind of the foundation for creative development, but I think Matt could really speak to then how once we had those audiences identified, how we were able to take a cohesive message, highlight their brand and differentiate a little bit depending on who we were talking to. Yeah. And I I just want to clarify for a moment for everyone that we're talking about a traditional undergrad search campaign. And sometimes people get confused with search. Uh, Search is kind of a industry historical term for purchase lists. I mean, to, to be kind of a little bit more of the way that it works in typical marketing circles is that you you buy a list of prospective students. In this particular instance, we purchased about 55,000 names. But I think that it's important to kind of understand that we're talking about a traditional undergrad campaign designed for enrollment. And so Matt, I'll let you kind of take it from there. Yeah. And the way that I tend to think about the sort of the prospect journey is using the the ADA framework, A-I-D-A, attraction, interest, desire, action. It it is in uh, some cases a little bit of an uh, of an oversimplification. You know, it's it's not always a, a perfect straight line that the prospect goes through. In fact, oftentimes, you know, you you can attract them with some advertising or something that that gets them into the into your communication flow. And uh, they, they might spend a whole lot of time bouncing back and forth between learning about your institution, that is the interest phase, and uh, then building desire to take action. And then maybe something happens in their life and they're not quite ready yet. And, and you know, then they're, they're bouncing back to interest and they might sort of, you know, not, not uh, go in, in quite a perfectly linear pattern there. But basically what we're trying to do is move them systematically through these different stages. And so from a, from a content writing standpoint, that means that you're, you're not going to talk to somebody who is you know, just learning about your institution for the very first time the same way that you're talking with somebody who has already expressed interest. 
you know, you, you don't treat somebody who has come to be a, a, a friend of yours the same way that you would treat a stranger. And so the overall strategy is fairly straightforward, but then executing it and uh, incorporating personalization into automation, that's where it starts to get uh, a little more tricky. Um, you've got these, these different uh, you know, personas that, that Jenny was talking about, these, these groups of, of uh, prospective students who are interested in, in different things, and you, you want to deliver the, the right piece of information to each one of them. You know, we, we've, we've got different sources of information that we can work from. With a purchase list, you know, you, you've got a little bit of info, you know, uh, you know, maybe where they are geographically. You maybe know what high school they're coming from, you know, some pieces there. What you really want is information that, that you know is, is up to date. And the, the best information is what they're giving you directly. So that's why for this campaign, we created uh, an interactive landing page. We put together, it, basically, it's a, it, it's a quiz. It's just asking a, a few questions. And, uh, and, and Troy and, and Bart, I know uh, you guys talked about this in that, uh, that episode of the podcast recently, where you are, you're asking them uh, just sort of some fun facts about themselves. You know, like what, what's, your, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite color? But you're also asking some, some substantive questions too. You know, you're, you're, you're getting into what their favorite activities were in, in high school. Uh, you're getting into, you know, what they want to do for a living, what they're thinking about career-wise. All of that information is, is gold because they're talking with us. But then in automation, you need to make sure that you're, you're talking back in a way that makes sense. So a, a big part of the, the difficulty here was in determining what's the underlying logic that we're going to use. And I promise I won't go into too much in the weeds on this, <laughs> but I'll just, I'll just dip my toe in a little bit to say that with automation, you can't just ask open-ended questions. You can't just say, hey, you know, what was your favorite ex extracurricular activity in high school? Because they could put anything in that, that space. They might put archery, and maybe your, your school doesn't offer that. So you don't have uh, an answer to that preloaded. Now, if a human is going to respond, then they could say, well, you know, we don't have archery, but we have this. Uh, but in automation, you, you have to plan ahead for, for what those responses are going to be. You have to sort of limit the parameters there. And because you have to, on the other end, you've got all this content loaded up that is keyed into those responses. So um, long story short, we, we, we use a lot of spreadsheets <laughs> to, to figure out, you know, here's, here are the, the possible responses they can give us. Here's what we're going to say. If, you know, if they have response A, uh, we're going to come back with, with X. And there's there's a lot of work that goes into organizing all that and, and, and making sure that you're producing a cohesive message that's personalized to their interests. And I think that's important too, Matt. I just want to point out the fact that by doing that, two things happen. One, the student feels heard and they they feel like the school 
knows them, gets to know them. And that's, I think, that's certainly something in Generation Z that a lot of research has been done is that Generation Z especially wants to kind of have that personal interaction. They want to be known. They want to have their, you know, their opinion heard. And so when you're talking to 55,000 people, that's hard to do in a, in a personal relationship. And so what we're trying to do through automation and through a lot of the things that Troy's helping us with is to create that sense of, of, uh, of, of personalization and a sense of being heard and a sense of all of that, and then utilizing these different tools to be able to achieve that so that when they do engage with a real human being, there's already been a relationship that's been created. And I think it's uh, it's important too because I think even even that some of the parent com flow that we did in part of, as part of this program, we were taking some of those facts that we learned about about the students and we were reflecting those back to the parents to say, hey, isn't it cool that uh, Junior likes to eat uh, chips and listen to country music when when they study? Who would have thought? Well, that creates a dialogue opportunity for parent and child, parent and prospective student that they aren't getting maybe through some other outreaches from some other schools that are just historically just put pumping out all the postcards kind of generalized to everybody, all the emails that are kind of generalized to everybody. We really wanted to avoid that, that noise and really kind of be a lot more focused and a lot more relevant to the prospective students and parents. And I think that, as you said, Matt, we we kind of ended up really liking spreadsheets, which sounds crazy for creatives. But um, I know Jesse really likes spreadsheets because that's, she's the one who keeps us all organized. Jesse, tell us a little bit about what that was like as as Matt and Jenny and the other parts of the team started pulling together these different, you know, these different trails that we needed to keep track of. How, how did you do that? How did you keep track of that? Um, well, it became it quickly became clear at the beginning of the project that it wasn't going to be, we weren't going to be able to follow one of our typical processes that we follow where we just create deliverables, send them over to the client. Um, I had a special position where I got to work very closely with the client, very closely with our internal team and very closely with the Think Patented and BitStorm team. And so that information not only had to be delivered clearly to the client, but it really had to be delivered and translated across all of our different groups in a way that everyone understood. Um, so yeah, I quickly, I was just, I remember sitting at my desk and thinking, how are we going to deliver what became upwards of 150 pieces of deliverables? How, how can we deliver that in a way that's clear and then can be then translated into the enrollment um, campaign. And so we did at the very beginning, we started a mass spreadsheet based off of our strategy, because I think that, I mean, I rely very closely on our strategists and Jenny and Matt's brains to really set the direction. And so we, they put together the strategy and off of that, we put together a spreadsheet that laid out every single deliverable that we would have, including all of those variations in those customizations that we were able to do because of Think Patented's partnership. So if they said they wanted to be a math major, we were, were able to include those details in that deliverable spreadsheet so that it was clear not only to the Bethel team, to our internal team, but then also to Think Patented when they did the execution, what we wanted it to say. So it was the spreadsheets were our friends, that's for sure. But it keeping it, and we also came up with, quite honestly, some codes so that it wasn't, here's 
direct mail piece that says X, Y, and Z. We we came up with a coded system. This is senior piece one, direct mail. We had a whole algorithm to it that we used. And so that became common knowledge across the Kaler ThinkPad in the client's team. Yeah, that's great. I think that uh, I think that's so important that, that all of that kind of got organized. And and when you talk about 150 pieces, I, we were talking prior to the recording that that might actually be a little low just for the audience to understand that we did a we did a senior flow, a junior flow, a sophomore flow. Then we also had a parent flow involved in that that kind of was a sophomore, junior, senior parent flow. Then on top of that, there were variations depending on the quiz answers, depending on what they what they did, their actions that they did, whether they filled an RFI out, whether they filled out the quiz, uh, whether they ended up, you know, in participating in a in a Mad Libs type of type of activity, depending if they opened certain emails, if they landed on certain landing pages, then it went to, you know, there was direct mail, there was email, there was templates for letters, print materials, there was a journal that went out customized based on their answers. And then we even got into things like text messaging ringless voicemail and some other technologies around social match and pay-per-click that went out with the entire mailing program. So when Jesse, when you say 150 items, I'm beginning to think that it might've even been more than that. And that, I think that that coding that you talked about was so critical. Definitely felt like more than that. (laughs) I did. And that coding that you talked about was so critical because when we, you know, we had our our designers that were working on these different pieces and we had to have the client approving all of these messaging. I mean, you know, Matt, Matt and his team are writing variations of, of, you know, letters depending on what the, uh, you know, that second piece of variable content on, if they chose this particular set of majors, then we're going to talk about this type of outcome. There's a lot of moving parts, ton of moving parts. And I think that goes back again to the fact that doing this without you know, understanding uh, the complexity of it. That's why I think that so many times, and, and you all can kind of chime in if you think, that's why I think so many times schools end up only being as successful as they might in these outreach campaigns because it takes a lot of work to get to the level that it's going to be effective. And I, and I think that we all in higher ed marketing know the challenge and, and any of us who've had kids in the last few years that are of age of, uh, in the college selection process, we know that, you know, you get home from work and there's maybe five, six pieces of mail on the counter from all these schools that are prospecting our, our, um, children. And a part of it, I think, and I guess I'd like to kind of talk about this too, is what are some of the things that we do that, that really kind of get the attention, uh, you know, not only of, of the, of the prospective students, but of, of mom and dad, because at the end of the day, all the research shows that mom's the number one influencer for college selection. And, and, and even, uh, you know, if, if people go back and listen to the episode with Christy LaFree at uh, Butler University, that Comflow was such a big critical part of, of our personal uh, experience. And, and uh, so, I don't know, does anybody have any thoughts on that, on just the idea of, of what that means to kind of get that attention of the parents and the, and the prospective students early on? Sure, I can speak to that a little bit. Matt, you said something earlier that I think is really important to highlight that relates back to what I said at the beginning, and and that coincides with really ensuring that we're listening to our clients and we're aligning with them. So on this particular project, some of those quizzes and some of those questions that were being asked, some people might say, how is that relevant? What does that have to do with my child's experience? And for this particular client, 
we knew that their admissions team was greatly impactful in making a personal connection and relationship with prospective students. And one thing that they pointed out is a lot of times if they can get the prospective student on campus, that kind of seals the deal. And it's, it, it, you know, it's the beginning of that relationship. It's very personal. And that is something that continues throughout the duration of their experience on campus. And so with this campaign specifically, our goal was to figure out how can we bring that same level of attention and care to these campaign materials. So really being personal and, you know, not conversational, but, you know, not uptight at the same time. Like it was about relationship building. And I think in terms of all of the different conflows that were done, you know, we started with sophomore, went to junior, went to senior. Obviously, at those different stages of initial investigation, the level of interest and just the time devoted to even college research is going to vary greatly. And so we wanted to kind of match that. So the sophomore flow was pretty basic, and it was really just ensuring that you understand our mission and vision. You understand what our goal is for you, your time on campus, and really kind of that high level nurturing aspect to just stay on the radar as a a sophomore in high school. Once you get to that senior level, we have to make sure that the brand message and that messaging is consistent and cohesive but the level of engagement is vastly different. So it, it, it went from broad to very specific really quickly, just based upon their need as a senior and, you know, anticipating that during that enrollment phase, the ultimate goal is to get them to apply and then obviously enroll once an application is accepted. So I hope maybe that helped answer that question. No, that sounds great. I think you're, I think you're exactly right. I think that you know that the whole notion of, of really connecting and, and building the relationship. I thought that was a really good comment because I think that's at the end of the day, above everything else, whether it's through a student search campaign, whether it's through Comflow after they've applied, whether it's you know wherever it is in the in the in the journey, it's building that relationship, nurturing that relationship, and getting that relationship to fruition of matriculation. And so, um, and, and even beyond that, I mean, uh, you know, studies show that if, if students have a good experience at college, they end up being donors and donors then end up to turn into uh, lifelong givers. And then they turned into board members and all kinds of good things. And so, so much of this happens at the early stages of building the relationship. It, yeah. Just uh, something real quick to add to that on, on this topic of building relationship. There are really substantive things that matter more than what I'm about to say, but, um, but, but this, this is a factor. When you are trying to build relationships with people through automation, there is this sort of fine line that you walk on. The, the, the recipient, it, it's not like they don't know that you're using automation, right? Like they, they, don't, they don't really, you're not trying to trick them into thinking that um, that you are you know sending out one to one communications for for every single person, but they they still you still appreciate the effort. I I kind of think of it in terms of it being almost like a magic trick. Like you you know that the that the magician 
is doing an illusion. You know that it's it's not it, it entirely real, but you appreciate the effort that that they're putting into it. And if the magician makes a, makes a a really big mistake, it just it ruins the whole illusion and it ruins the whole whole effect. And so, before when I was talking about building out the the logic, one of the things that you have to to think through is how are we going to use the the inputs that we get from the recipient if they are selecting something um, from from a list of responses are we going to have uh, content that's coming to them next that's sort of fill in the blank that says hey you told us you were interested in fill in the blank we'd like to tell you more about that well if they get gave you a response like undecided or or I don't know then what's coming out is, hey, you told us you were interested in I don't know, or, or worse, it comes out as you told us you were interested in null field or <laughs> you know, logic error. And uh, so it, it's, it's important to, to think through how is this going to look on the other end? How is this going to affect the student experience? If we are trying to get too tricky with this and we're, and we're, we're, we're forgetting what the actual experience is on the other end, then you could end up really just shooting yourself in the foot. And then you might as well just going back, go back to just doing only human responses yeah. so that you know that you're doing it right. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a great point. I think this has been a great conversation. I'm, I'm excited about this. And uh, I, I guess one of the things, Troy, you and I always talk about at the end of the, end of the shows with our guests, and it's been wonderful to have this conversation we always talk about what's one thing to kind of take away. And I'm going to start for my team with, with my opinion. And I, I'd like to hear everybody and try, I'd like you to kind of weigh in too at the end, because I think this has all been a team thing, but one thing and that I've, that I've heard that, that I would say as a takeaway that I would you know give to somebody, if I were to say, Hey, if there's one thing that I would encourage you to do when you're looking at putting together a search campaign is keep in mind that it, to make it successful, it has to be more than just you talking at people. You've got to start giving them an opportunity to engage with you and to reflect back. And sometimes reflecting back means more than just the standard, you know, what year are you graduating and what's your major and, you know, the stuff that's going to make you feel better as a school, but reflect back so that you actually show some interest in these prospective students. And so if that's one thing that I would give to somebody is to say, as you engage in your marketing, Make sure that you recognize it as a two-way street rather than just a one-way street of you telling, you know, start a conversation. So, um, Jenny, I'm going to ask you to go next, please. Sure. And I think that's a really hard question because, you know, even just reflecting upon what Jesse said, this was such a robust project that we definitely had a lot of great takeaways. But I'm always going to tie it back in as the kind of the, the pa- passionate one about branding. I think a lot of times when we get to know a new client and we especially start to work on a campaign, you know, everybody's kind of always excited about this new idea and we, you know, what are you going to do for us that's different? And I think one thing that really happens with universities when they're working with enrollment materials, they, they forget that, especially um, dealing with, you know, sophomores to seniors, the amount of time that you have in front of someone is very, very limited in the beginning. You know, people are glancing at an email, they're glancing at a postcard on the counter when they come in from school. And so I think in the desire to kind of up their game, so to speak, 
they make unnecessary changes and forget about the importance of brand alignment. So just ensuring that your materials are cohesive, they look the same from, you know, things that are going out to a senior student, to a sophomore student, because for you, it might seem tired and it might seem old, but your audience is always changing. We want to build that familiarity. We want to be um, ensuring that we are aligning with the mission and vision and things like that. So my big takeaway is don't forget what you're doing that's good. Stick with it. And then some of the magic comes in and, and this automation and things like that that was done to really ensure that the engagement was happening at a different level. Great. How about you, Jesse? What would you leave with someone? You know, I think it comes down to, I mean, looking back on this project, it was three teams of people all in working on this project over a span of a few months. So I think And I think that the impact of this project, especially with the customization and the personalization we were able to do is, is going to, the benefit of that is going to be huge. And I think clients or, or schools, if they want that, I think like knowing that it is going to take, we can't do this on our own. It is going to take that manpower and it's going to take your team committing because the client we were working with, the th- the Think Patented team, the Kaler team, we were all in on this, and the client too, their entire team, this was their priority. They were all in, they were engaged. And so I think that's the the thing that I would take away is that if you want this, I think that the impact of this is great. But if you want that, I think realizing first that you have to go in, all in on that and you have to realize the the manpower and the team that you need for this is really important on the, on the front end. Yeah, kind of that that commitment. I think you're right. That's great. Matt, how about you? You know, I struggle to find just one takeaway because there are there are yeah. so many. But um, I, I really think that the biggest thing uh, for me as, as a content writer is to always remember that the, the, the point of all of this is to is to meet your audience where they are. And all of this effort that we're that we're putting into automation, it's it, it it's not it's not to add you know unnecessary complexity to messaging. It's not to be fancy. It is to it is to meet prospective students, future students where they are right now, and where we are doing it with with a tone and with content that is uh, we we certainly hope addressing the concerns that they have, answering the questions they have. We are, we are helpful in focus. We are essentially ex- an extension of the admissions team. We're, we're, we are going out before them and we are providing that, that counseling. It's sort of pre-counseling, right? We're, we're ushering them along. And um, so Automation says, hey, we, we see you. We know where you're coming from. We're here to help. That's what it's all about. Great. Thanks, Matt. Troy, how about you? You've kind of seen both sides of it. You, you and I have been on both sides of it too. Tell, tell me a little bit about what your, your takeaway would be. My biggest takeaway is your team has done a great job of letting the prospective students know that you matter. And kind of what Matt just said, you're meeting them where they are, and you're also letting them know we're listening to you because each time they saw a 
postcard, each time they went to a landing page, their name was either pre-populated or it was uh, there right at the very beginning. Then when they would put an input in the next step or when we did the next outreach, we would tell them what they told us. And that was very uh, instrumental in helping our client establish the foundation of that relationship. And then something else I want to make sure that we say is all during this calm flow, we were, we were also making sure that the prospective students understood the mission of the school, making sure there was a mission fit. And that was very important to our prospective client. And I think you did an excellent job of getting to know the prospective student, but also letting them know about the school and making sure that they realized if they went to the school, there are certain beliefs, there's a certain culture there that we really hope they would be comfortable with. So that those are the takeaways that I wanted to make sure everyone understood about this campaign. That's great. I think that winds up our conversation, Bart. I appreciate you bringing your team together. Do you have any last thoughts and anything that you can leave us with before we sign out? Yeah. I, the one last thought I would say, and this is something that Matt said earlier that I just wanted to kind of, I wasn't sure if he was going to use it as his, as his takeaway, but I'm going to kind of uh, use it as kind of our punctuation at the end of the end of the podcast is that we talk a lot about automation. We talk a lot about all kinds of things that are at the t- fingertips of marketers these days, whether it's social media, whether it's, you know, pay-per-click, social match, there's all kinds of tools out there. But at the end of the day, we're trying to build relationships and and we want to maintain the illusion of that relationship. And I really loved that analogy of the magician, because I think that sometimes we tend to forget that we that people understand automation. They understand what's going on. It's not a mystery, but everybody's willing, just like at a magic show, we're all willing to kind of participate in the illusion or to participate along the way. But it's it's that one mistake. That if that uh, you know if if the if the rabbit jumps out of the hat too early or kind of scrolls across the stage, it it ruins the illusion, it ruins the experience, and it and it changes the dynamic. And so, I guess I would take away too that as you put together these programs, as you look at all these tools, recognize that they are tools, and like with most tools, there's some safety features. And, uh, and I would just make sure that as, as higher ed marketers start to get into these spaces of, of the automation of the different tools of the different ways of doing that, reach out and ask for help. Uh, you know, cause I mean, sometimes there are people who have experience in that, that have done it before, uh, don't hesitate to reach out and I'll, I'll, I'll make myself available. Just if you ever want to have a quick conversation and just to ask, how did you do that? you know, there's, there's no strings attached. I'd be happy to share anything with you. And, and I know Troy would feel the same way about that. So that's some things I would leave Troy, but uh, it's been a great conversation. And I just want to thank my team for what they've, what they've offered. I thank you and your team as well. I would like to say that uh, I often say that Bart and I interview people that we like and admire in the higher ed marketing space. And that is so true with the people that I'm spending time with today. So thank you, Matt, Jenny, and Jesse. The Higher Ed Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Kaler Solutions, an education, marketing, and branding agency, and by Think Patented, a marketing execution and printing company providing mailing services to higher ed institutions. On behalf of my co-host, Bart Kaler, and his team, I'm Troy Singer. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. 
To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening with Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to leave a quick rating of the show. Simply tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.